We do want people to come to know Christ. We want them to know that Christ is chasing after them with his love. And, but you know, the thing is that we're not just trying to get people to become Christians and come to our church so that we've got, we can count lots of numbers. What we want is that people would come alive in Christ and spread life. Right? We want people to come alive in Christ and to spread life. And the thing is, we, each of us, will have a different field where we spread life, okay? And, we, we, and I'm going to look at a passage in the Old Testament today, and we're going to find out, you can call that your lion country, right? It's where you encounter lions, but where you bring life. Now, this week, there was a meeting about the food bank. It was about four or five years ago, five years ago, five, six years ago, we as a church started the food bank, and... Uh, which initially was the Adelstone Food Bank, and then it's multiplied to become the Runnymede Food Bank. And I just wanted to update you on some of the uh, report backs from that. So if we have the next slide, Adam. So uh, compared the year up to finishing, there's been a great increase in the number of meals given out to people all right, from the Runnymede Food Bank. So we have uh, a great increase, and um, so there's been a tremendous increase um, in, in, in demand, but also in the generosity of local people, local churches, local businesses that engage with the food bank. And this, is some, this all started about five, six years ago when a member of the church at that time, Sam Stapley, came forward with a plan. She'd engaged with an organization called Trussell Trust, which is a national organization that runs, helps run food banks. And uh, for her, this was, this was her lion country. This was the place where she found where she would bring life in the wider community. She'd come alive in Christ. This was where she uh, brought life. And, and it's been a very exciting journey. You know, Sam's moved away. She's down in Dorset now. And, and Father then introduced us to a wonderful lady, another Sandy, who was speaking to us earlier, her, one of her daughters, uh, Helen, who's a, who's, because it's funny, you know, when people move along, you sometimes feel, oh, no, who will he ever find? But the Lord found someone different, but just as wonderful. And, um, and Helen is a fantastic leader for Food Bank. So, um, and last year we donated 374 kilos of food as a church, because we have a collection, there's the table is there. On the first Sunday of the month, we, we take up a food collection for Food Bank. Next slide, Adam. So there's been a great increase in the number of agencies that have been signed up to give referrals. Food Bank is an emergency food uh, supply. It's not giving people regularly food. There are other organizations in Runnymede that give people food regularly. This is an emergency food supply to bridge the gap for people for whom benefits haven't come through. And so uh, agencies refer people. You, can, you can't walk in and get food. You have to come with a referral voucher from an agency. And, um, and this is, and it's, we're affiliated with Trust or Trust. There are about 800 food banks in the UK. About half of them are affiliated to Trust or Trust. It's an excellent organization, and we value their, the affiliation we have with them. Um, because it's an, only emergency provision, clients are really only supposed to come three times at most. But in fact, on average, our clients come 1.6 times to collect food. And when they come, they get three days of food for all the people in their family. Next slide. Um, so there's been a considerable increase in the number of volunteers involved, uh, but such that actually probably more than half the volunteers are not Christians. But it's a very explicitly Christian mission, so often the sessions start with prayer, and sometimes the people who don't 
profess faith in Christ ask if they could give the prayer and you know they can so uh, and it's very exciting uh, the the way the volunteers are also touched and helped by this there are diff there are these uh, four different contact points already and a fifth plan to be opened this year and those are the number of meals given out at the different ones Adelston Baptist Church is where the longest standing center has been and it's also closest to our um, most uh, pr most prolific uh, voucher donating uh, agencies so that's why it has a particularly high level of activity there next slide Adam um, and then there is a number of spin-off things that happen out of food bank uh, not I mean there's other things like eat well spend less that Helen runs it's a food uh, cooking thing uh, which is I haven't got any information about here this morning but we I'm sure Helen can has she has shared in the past about it but there's a lot of stuff done at Christmas uh, things like that there's also a lot of engagement with the uh, National Offender Management Service what used to be called the probation service to provide food for um, prisoners coming out of prison who have come out of prison with next to nothing and nowhere to go and can quickly slip back into a life of crime unless people get round and support them. So we support with food parcels for prisoners coming out of uh, prison. Um, and there's also regular support to Jubilee High School because a lot of the teenagers, teachers were observing the teenagers were hungry, they weren't able to concentrate, they were sleepy because they'd had no breakfast and had limited amount of food and um, they were buying food themselves. Now the food bank provides food for teachers at JHS to give to the kids there. So that's, that's really good. And uh, there's also, I don't know if there's, is there another slide? Is the next slide about food bank or is that onto my passage? Oh yes, food for lunch, yes. So this is for children who get free school meals at school, a provision which is arranged with some group of schools in the north of the borough to give uh, that they give out vouchers so the families can get packs of food for their children in the school holidays. So recently a whole load of packs, bags have gone out uh, for the Easter holiday to families like that. So this is a phenomenally wonderful, life-giving um, thing. I don't often attend, but I know one time in the last few months I was in up here on the Wednesday morning when we're open and people bring vouchers in. This couple came in and they were quivering and in tears because of the situation they were in. They were really desperate, frightened people. And it's just so wonderful to bring hope, to signpost them to other good things like the debt, the um, cap debt advice now in King's Church Adelstone, to churches that offer meals, to um, Salvation Army and their furniture project or the Beeson project which also supplies furniture, to to signpost people, look, there is help. Don't You're not on your own. People want to help you and to set them free from fear. We're bringing life, right? We're, we're, God is at work in our world to bring us alive again and then to send us to bring life. This is just one of the many avenues. Some of these things, many, most of us do this in individual situations. Sometimes we work together on things like extravaganza or life explored. So we work together and we work individually. But we are bringing life, right? And uh, so this is what we do. And this is what I want my subject to be about today. So um, in Christ we are treasured and trusted. We are carriers of his kingdom. We are 
trusted rulers bringing God's loving rule. We, and their authority is we know who we are, we know what we carry, that we carry this call from God. We carry the gift of life. We have been made alive again as we've received. We know that Christ has come after us in his great love. We know that God is not hateful, God is not against us, but our God's heart is kind. And so we have that message to send, to bring to people that God's heart is kind. And, uh, and yet for each one of us, we can't be everything to the world, right? What can one person do to change the world? I don't know. But I tell you this, one person can change the world for one person. And so this is what we set about. So we, uh, what we need to do is find what our assignment is. What is our field of calling? Where, where is God sending us to bring life? If you are alive in Christ, it's not so you hold it in, but so that it overflows out of you. And that field will have lions in it, we're going to find in today's story. It will have lions in it. It will have that which opposes you. But when you find your lion country, it is also the place where your, your own experience of life will uh, increase. So in the church, we want to uh, equip one another for our inheritance, not our past. Right? We are equipping one another for our future, not our past. Discipleship is to do with... Um, not what so much what we're giving up, but what our inheritance is, what, 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 what that lion country is that Father has for each of us. So we don't train people according to our failures. We train people according to our favor, right? Because we are favored in some way. Every one of us is favored in some way. We have received this calling. We have received something from God, which a, a field of work where he has designed that we would be fruitful. So in what Megan shared with us earlier, um, right? You, you might not have had the qualifications, but your past is not what shaped your future. God has a future on you and a favor for you for Japan. And so he's opened that door. Right? And he's opened that door. So she is being trained according to the favor upon her life, which is the favor because there's a field for Megan. Megan's actually got, we, we have a number of fields. Don't just think, oh, I've only got one field, what it is. You know, you have a number of fields and they might change as you go through your life. But Megan has a great field of work in her place of work. She has a great field of work with children and, and stuff like that. But also you, she's carrying this field of work to Japan. You might say, that's a bit random. Well, that's, that it can be like that. So it can be quite out, out of left field, right? But, you, but you, we know that she's been to Japan and she's seen God's favor on her. Scripture says, your word is a lamp to my feet, right? It's directing you to the territory that you are intended to occupy. So, you know, there's a lot of people say in this world, oh, you can be anything you'd like to be. You know, you hear film stars telling you this kind of stuff and pop stars and stuff. I want to tell you, you can't be anything you aspire to be, but you can be everything God assigns you to be. And so, and, and I want to tell you, what he has for you is more than you've dreamt of or imagined. So we're going to tell you, look at the story of Samson. Even if you don't come to church or read the Bible, you've probably heard about Samson and Delilah. Do you, you know this story? She, she was one of his girlfriends. She's a bit later in the story than what we're looking at today. He, he had a few girlfriends, as you'll, you'll find out. Um, so Samson and Delilah. This is about 1220 to about 1200 to about 1,000 years before Christ. Um, so... Uh, I don't know, this would probably be about 1100 BC when we're talking about um, Samson. So at that time, Israel had come into its promised land, okay? This was after 
Prince of Egypt, if you've ever seen that film. This is after that. They've come into the promised land. And, um, but it's before the, they've got any monarchy and dynasty, an established dynasty or monarchy. And so it was a time where it says everybody did what was right in their own eyes. It was a very lawless time. Quite a, uh, there was no clarity of the nation. And yet, uh, and as a result, the people of Israel, they kept getting into quite a mess, into quite a pickle. They would become oppressed by the nations around them. And then God raised up the, in the book of judges in the Bible, it's in the Old Testament, God raised up 12 judges over this 200-year period to, to help rescue the people uh, at that time. So that was Judges 13.1. You see, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. And then we read in verse 2 and 3 from Judges 13, it says, a certain man of Zorah, named Manoah from the clan of the Danites, so the Danites are one of the 12 tribes of Israel, had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. And the angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are barren and childless, but you're going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. It's interesting, isn't it, how God likes to send angels to mothers. Doesn't it make you think of the nativity story and the angel coming to Mary and uh, you know, maybe you women are so much more sensitive and tender-hearted. Um, <clears throat> so she was given an assignment here, isn't she? She's going to have a child. And we could then read uh, verses 4 and 5, Adam. Now see to it, the angel tells her, that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean. Let's be clear, this was her assignment. This is not a general guide for all people who follow God, Okay. If, if, if it's good for you to avoid alcohol, then please avoid it. You saw that we use just ordinary grape juice when we break bread just for that, uh, to have a care for one another if, if alcohol is an addictive thing for you. But there's not a general rule for Christians. But it, this was a particular rule for her. This was part of her assignment. God, the, the angel was saying to her, look, you need to keep off this stuff because this boy you're going to carry, he has an assignment from me and your assignment is this. So... Um, verse 5, you will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite. This was a kind of uh, a, a, a sort of way of being devoted to God and showing your particular dedication to God. And it was demonstrated with these ways. You didn't cut your hair. And this becomes very important in the rest of the story, but we we'll, won't be looking at that part of it today. So he's going to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Here is the boy's assignment. Right? This, this is going to be Samson and this is his assignment. This is his lion country. This is what he's sent to do. He's to come alive in God and this is how he is to bring life in his world. And so... Um, uh, now, I don't know uh, about you, but there's a whole load of these judges, by the way, 12 of them I've mentioned. There's a slide, and it looks like each, t each one, God arranged for one from each tribe to actually have a turn during that 200 years. We can't be certain of all of them, but it looks like it pans out in that way. But that's just a little entertaining detail as we go along. Now, you see, the prime directive on human beings, we, we need to know what our prime directive is. And actually, it starts right back at the beginning. When God made human beings, he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every other living creature that moves on the ground. Right? That was, that's, that's, that's the creation mandate given to humanity. Now, of course, we've, 
we've done that very badly quite often. We've raped and pillaged the environment and one another and stuff like that, which is not how God intended it. He intended this to be done in a way that reflected the kind heart of our God that faithfully brought the rule of God into planet Earth, faithfully brought heaven to Earth. But we have not faithfully brought heaven to earth but God is now working in us bringing us alive in him so we start again to faithfully bring the life of heaven into the death of the earth and this is what he's at work in us to do and so this is the part we play and so of course there are New Testament commands like to go into all the earth to spread the gospel and to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. These are then the, the prime directives of people who know Christ are enlarged. So then if we jump to verse 8 of um, chapter 13 of Judges and it says because... The, the woman who has the angelic appearance, she goes to her husband and tells her, and the, and the husband's thinking, cool, I wonder what we're, this is a big thing. I realize this is a big task, but what am I to do about this? And so it, we read in verse 8 that says, Manoah, pray to the Lord, pardon your servant. Uh, he's very humble. Lord, I beg you to let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. What a great prayer for every parent, hey? What a fantastic prayer to pray if you have uh, the care of children. Because, you know, if you have the care of children, like I was looking at last week, your, your job is to shape arrows, right? Kids are not just random things. They, they've been made with a divine design that was in the heart of God the Father. And it's a mother's and a father's call. Like this woman, this, she's unnamed, this woman. Some assignments are secret. You're not, you're not famous for some assignments, but the impact is huge. Right, just like Adrian invited Andrew Wayland to, to along to the youth, and now the story's heard, like Dave was explaining earlier. So, that, but um, he asks this and makes this great prayer: "What, please, teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born?" And so he prays that prayer, and the angel does come again, and again he comes to the woman when she's out in the field. You know, there's a lot of cultures where women do most of the work. And, uh, and so she rushes in to find her husband. The angels come back. Well, she, they were calling it a man of God. They don't think they were aware it was a, an angel. And so Manoah follows his wife and, uh, and he finds this man of God. And he, says, he, says, he actually says to her, are you the man who talked to my wife? <laughs> and, um, so, uh, and I am, he said. And then, but I don't think, there's different tones of voice, and I'd put a tone of voice which I don't think was appropriate, actually, or real. So, so it says, Manoah asked him, this is verse 12, have we got that on the slide, Adam? So, uh, so um, uh, yeah, what Manoah asked him, um, uh, what, when, when your words are fulfilled, in other words, when my wife gives birth, what is to be the rule that governs the boy's life and work? What is to be the rule that governs the boy's life and work? What a great question. He's getting more specific still. What is to be the rule that governs the boy's life of work? I, I know that from what you've told my wife, there's some kind of assignment for this boy. We want to understand how do we prepare him for this assignment? How do we make him ready? How do we uh, direct him so that he receives life himself but also brings life in that field that you have assigned to him in his life? And uh, the angel then replies, repeating exactly the same stuff he'd already said to the, to the woman beforehand. Anyway, in the fullness of time, it is nine months, verse 24, the woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. Here he is. He grew up 
and the Lord blessed him, right? He is receiving life. He's, he's, being, he's brought into life. He had this destiny. And the spirit of the Lord, we're told, began to stir him while he was in Manahe Dan. So he's living in the territory of the Dan, the tribe of Dan, between Zora and Eshtayol. It doesn't really matter where it is, because for you, it's where you live, right? For him, it was where he lived. For you, your field, your lion country is where you are. Uh, unless God wants to take you to Japan, in which case your lion country may be somewhere you are destined to go to. But already you are being shaped and prepared for the lion country that you're going to be going to. So the present is never wasted. Right? If you think, if you're in that place, you think, oh, I'm not yet doing the great thing I feel God's called me to do, and then you just sit and do nothing, you're a fool, right? Because today is always preparation for tomorrow. And so um, we, we see that um, uh, Samson's assignment was, in a sense, as we'll read as we see in the story, to be a kind of guerrilla warrior to help his people um, uh, be rescued from the, um, the oppressive uh, uh, Philistines. Now, that's unlikely to be your call, right? So when we read the Bible, we, we read the Bible with great respect. We believe it's a message from God for us. But we see that, that there are principles there. So we don't have Philistines around here in Chertsey and Adelstone and surrounding areas. But we do have places where God wants to bring life. And so we are, and that's what we're participating in. Things like extravaganza or eat well, spend less. These are ways in which, having come alive, we're bringing life. Some of you serve as governors in local schools or, or in, in your job as a teacher or running a business. You're bringing God's life. You are, you're fulfilling that mandate given right at the beginning in Genesis chapter 1 to subdue the earth, to bring God's rule, to bring heaven's life to earth. That is what you are doing so lift up your eyes because there are many discouragements right the enemy there are many lions that will try and talk you out of bringing life and and so we i want to learn from this here today so um samson is born and uh, he's feeling that stirring of the holy spirit and that stirring can happen in a number of ways. But I guess like Sam began to get stirred about people being hungry. Or that recently Kyla and Megan had been stirred about homeless people. And then you just find suddenly, right, the, the lion country is there. Homeless people start showing up. Because God is in that. He's giving that field. This is a place where they are feeling they must bring heaven's life into the earth. And so it just starts to happen. So um, we then get to chapter 14, and we now have Samson grown up. And it says, Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. And when he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. Now, if you know anything about the rest of the story of, of Judges, you'll know that one of the biggest things the people of Israel got got tripped over about was um, you see God had, had called Abraham and created the Jewish nation because he was preparing for the birth of his son Jesus because right? he had a big plan for how he was going to make a, 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 a like we've been singing about this morning bringing Christ to the earth to, to make a, 
to, to perform an act which would bring life into the earth like no other act could. There was nothing else that could be done to rescue us from sin and Satan and death other than what Christ did on the cross. So to prepare for that, God was preparing a people. And you need to remember, all peoples on the earth at that time believed there were multiple different gods. A god of the mountain, a god of the valley, a god in that tree, a god of the sun, a god of the moon, and all these things. This was the widespread belief. So God's thinking, how am I to recover and bring life and remind people that there is just one God? So he decided to call Abraham and to call a people and to try and show them, look, there is only one God. And that was the beginning. He needed to prepare them so that when Christ came, his message would be received. And so at that time, it was really important that the Jewish tribe didn't intermarry with all the other nations because they, were, that they worshipped multiple gods. They did things like human sacrifice. They would sacrifice their own children in order to get a good harvest and things like that. And God didn't want his people polluted with that. So he said to them, no, you can't marry other into other nations you must stay pure because you're carrying something that you have an assignment in the earth the Jewish people had that assignment to bear a revelation of who God was so that the Christ could be born within that and that message could go global and it is global it goes to all people it is open to everyone not just Jewish people now but but he had a calling upon them that was so crucial but they were they were failing in that assignment. It was comparatively simple by marrying people from other nations. So you can imagine, here's Manoah and his wife and the boy they've raised up. They know he's got some great assignment from God. And then he says, oh, I want to marry that Philistine. You kind of go, what? What have we been saying to you the last 21 years or whatever? It's like, my goodness, you, ah, what, where does one start you know, you're the one that's carrying our hopes, and this is your idea of where, of what to do. And uh, so, uh, so they say to him, verse three, is it up there? Yes, yeah, so you can pop it up, Adam. Verse three. It says, his father and mother replied, "Well, isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives, or among all our people? Must you go to the un, the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife?" And, and they couldn't make sense of this. I mean, what on earth is all this about? And, and then it says, but Samson said to his father, get her for me. She's the right one for me. His parents did not know that this was from the Lord, who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines, for at that time they were ruling over Israel. There's something kind of weird about all of this, and to me it speaks of the grace of God, because I think if you read the whole of the life of Samson, he, he was a bit of a stupid young man. Right? He, had, he, he, he followed too many of his own feelings. And he was unwise in these things. But God, in his amazing grace, worked through that to bring, to bring him into his field and to see him do something of his assignment. He didn't complete it perfectly, but he did something of his assignment. And I don't know about you, but when I've got to an age now where I have quite more of my life to look back on than to look forward to. And honestly, I can't say that I'm a whole lot better than Samson, but I thank God for his grace. Don't you? So, so you might say, oh, I've made such a mess of my life, Andrew. Well, you don't know all the messes I've made of my life, right? But God can still be very, very good. So I, I'm not wanting to defend 
because I think there's, there's things maybe indefensible about Samson, but there's something that we can catch from him. Because his character may have been a bit faulty, but he entered into his calling to some degree. And you know, some of us can have perfect character, but we never enter much into our calling. We just don't get into our lion country. Right? And God wants you to get into that lion country. So the, um, uh, so he, uh, the, so they have all this kind of malarkey. And I just want to draw a few lessons from that rather than um, uh, continue the story a whole lot, though, though we'll read another few verses later on. But the first thing is, I do think this, when, when you have an assignment from God, it's not unusual that people misunderstand it. Right? That's, that's pretty commonplace. And, you know, his parents couldn't understand, Samson, what on earth are you up to? They couldn't get it. There was an element of that misunderstanding that was absolutely true, right? That there was something really to query. But there's another element of it which is actually difficult. You know, I've got two grown-up daughters now, and, and it's interesting once they're grown up, some, sometimes they make decisions and you want to stop it, you know, you want to, get, you want to try and control their decision because you think it's stupid, and you're, but then you're thinking, well, but... But often that's because you want them to be really sensible, right? That, that's the honest truth. But I, I want, I'm passionate for Jesus in my heart. And actually, I want my grown-up daughters to be passionate for Jesus too. And if that means he leads them to do something that's a bit, what I think, not sensible, I, I'm suddenly in a kind of attention because as a dad, I want to protect them. I want to keep them safe. I don't want them to have any lion fighting. Yeah? But actually, God might lead them to places where they have to fight lions. And he, in fact, he does lead them to places. And, and rather than me under, kicking their legs out from under them by saying, oh, I think that's a very bad idea, and stuff like that, stupid me, right? I mean, Katie, who, my younger daughter, is in America at the moment on a course, Bethel Church in Redding, California. My older daughter's just had a baby, as you know, and, and a few a couple of months ago, Katie, the young one, said, oh, I'm going to fly back for Emma's baby being born, right? And I just said, oh, that's mad, you know, that's, that's what I thought, okay? I, I, checked, I actually repented to Katie, so I'm really sorry I said that, because you, what you did was an extravagant act of love for, with your sister, and, and, I, and I was just being, I had a hard-hearted response, actually. I was thinking, why waste that money to fly all the way back just to... You know, you've made your choice, you should make your bed and lie in it or whatever. <laughs> but, but actually, I just felt really disciplined by God. I felt really disciplined by God. She was extravagant in, in it. And, and she, but she was very blessed to be present at her sister's birth. And she's a midwife, so she sees a lot of births. But she actually works at University College Hospital in London. And she works on the high-risk mothers. So a lot of the births she sees are complicated, can be quite unhappy outcomes. So she's, she sees a lot of births like that. She was blessed to come and see her sister have a most straightforward, natural birth. And be very blessed in that, you, you know, and it was, it was a great blessing. So, but you, you're getting the drift, aren't you? Sometimes we're so protective and we need to release people to lion country. And people get misunderstood and, and you'll just have to deal with misunderstanding and not get knocked by it. That's so important. You know, when, sometimes when we're feeling God calling us into a field and people are a bit misunderstanding about it, we get knocked, and then we will never get into that field, actually. We, we block the life of God. So it's, it's so important that you, you learn to create with your lips rather than to complain with your lips, right? Complaint is not, does not belong on royal lips. 
And we are royal-lipped people because we're the sons and daughters of the living God. We're princes and princesses in God's kingdom. And um, so faith moves us to create with our lips, not to complain with our lips. And so we begin to enter into our field of, uh, of work. And so we, uh, we create space and we release people. We want to, because the church is like a family, it's our place actually. And it's not just in church, in your place of work, God's wanting you to help people to come alive and to bring life where they are. And there's a tension for us because, um, you, you know, God, in your place of work, this is also your field of work. It is also lion country. It's not just the things you do on Sunday or Wednesday night at the church, which are these things. Your calling is to bring life in the wider community for all of us. And uh, so that's a big commitment that we have as a church because we, we do all kinds of activities, youth work, children's work, the band on Sunday. But actually loads of people are active in things are work out into the community. And we welcome that. We accept that. We celebrate that. We probably need to do better at that because I guess we heard um, Keith and Jan and I heard a guy called Alan Scott that some of you heard he leads the church in Coleraine in Northern Ireland, a great speaker and a wonderful church there. And he this... I've, I've cribbed. I, I heard him speak on this passage, and I just it lived for me, and so I'm uh, cribbing some of his stuff in this. And um, uh, oh, I've lost my thought now. <laughs> but um, uh, yes, and um, and li- well, it's lion country, yes. So it, if it was important, it'll come back to me, won't it? But um, uh, you know we. we we don't. We try to do really well on Sunday, and I thought the band was fantastic this morning, and I just love that kind of thing. But you know, this is not this is not some kind of the, the main priority and energy and money is not about making it sound wonderful and look wonderful. We try to make it look good. We try to do the best we can. But the main thing is, we want heaven to touch earth. We want life to come to the earth, and that often means outside of the Sunday morning, and that's mostly outside, isn't it? So whether you're being a doctor or a caretaker or whatever, you're bringing order into chaos. You're, you're, bringing, you're fulfilling your creation mandate, and I want you to be lifted up about that. So you can expect misunderstanding, and uh, you can expect enemies. So Judges 14, 5 to 6, if we read the next little bit of it, it says, Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother, and as they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring towards him. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Don't quite get the storyline there because he was going with them, but maybe he'd gone ahead or was hanging behind or gone off for a little walk by himself. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But I want you to know this is where the lions come in. This is why it's lion country. He was called to Philistia, wasn't he, Samson? That was his calling, to deliver the people from Philistia. So this was his place of calling. And it's interesting that when he went there, the anointing came. That this is the presence of God with him. That sense of God 
with you. Now, you know, sometimes we Christians can think, oh, I'm really wanting, I'm waiting for God's presence. Do you know, his presence will come when you go to the field. When you get into lion country, it will come. It said earlier, we read earlier, do you remember it said the Spirit of God was stirring in him? God will stir things in you. He'll stir you like with the idea of Japan. But the presence of the Lord will really come when you get into the field. That's when the, the presence of the Lord will really come. So don't be waiting for a feeling. You know, sometimes in church we can have wonderful feelings. Sometimes our hearts really starts beating. Your hands get clammy. And the Holy Spirit gives you very kind of evident ideas that he's with you because he wants you to share, come up the front and share a story or read a scripture. Sometimes he does that to you. But, you know, when you're at work, you probably won't get that. But he might be more powerfully with you, right? In other words, the phenomena may be less, but the power will be greater. Alan Scott said that's their experience at Coleraine. When you get out in church, there can be more phenomena, but maybe less power. But when you get out there, there's more power. You know, I sometimes do think when we have people sick in church, we often pray on a Sunday. But I sometimes say, why don't you go along to Hots on Saturday mornings in Adelstone? Because I think there could be more power there for healing. Because I think you're out in that field of work. That's a field of work. We're healing on the streets, out outside the Methodist church. We do it with other churches. That is, uh, uh, that's lion country. That's getting out there into that assignment, bringing life into our community. So people come alive. It's like he came alive in his calling once he got into his field. And he has, he's, he's able to tear that lion apart with his bare hands, which I imagine is quite a feat. I would put that as a pretty much of a feat. Now, I know this, the lion is used very positively in Scripture in places like the Lion of Judah, that Christ is like the Lion of Judah. But the lion is also used as a picture of, of the devil, right? He's a... The, li- the devil is like a prowling lion right, walking around trying to mess with us. So this is enemy activity. You should expect enemy activity. Now, for them, it was a lion. Now, you could possibly come across a lion walking around Chertsey or Adelstone. It is possible, or maybe at your place of work, but it is unlikely. But what you will come across is, is lion-like behavior. Maybe you get slandered. Maybe you get betrayed. Maybe your boss at work has it in for you and gives you all the worst assignments to do. Maybe you get blamed for something at work that wasn't your fault. Right? This, is the kind, this is what it's like to encounter lions and to have to fight lions. Right? So I'm bringing the story, earthing it for us here today. This is, you have people slandering you, maybe. There's some dispute that happens in your family. Somebody completely misunderstands you and puts a a false interpretation on your actions and spreads this rumor about you this is what happens to us in our lives this is when this happens that don't just get put off or cave in and collapse and give up this is what happens when we enter into the lion country of the field God has assigned for us. Very often it is challenged, it is opposed, there is difficulty. But if we just give up, then we become people who've come to life, but we're no longer bringing life. We're not connecting heaven to earth. So we need that kind of courage that we do not give up in these situations. So Jesus said, John sixteen thirty three, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, right? There are lions. You're in lion country, right? Whatever your lion country might be. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Alan Scott had a great quote. He says something like, um, you know, that um, 
the, the, the devil does not try and keep you out of territory that God hasn't assigned you, but he will definitely try and keep you out of territory God has assigned to you. So maybe the greatest opposition, and I've, I've observed that in life sometimes, you see people, Christians in the church, friends, you see them coming into a place with a lot of troubles, and you think, wow, what's going on here? And you're kind of wanting to pray that they'll escape all those troubles, a bit like with my daughters. You know, I pray, oh, I don't want them to have to fight lions. Do you know, actually, sometimes we're defending people from going into their territory that God has assigned, when actually the, the whole point of the lions is to beef us up, to, for us to experience what it is for the anointing of God, the presence of God, to come upon us, to overcome. You know, when you battle through with this liver cancer, John and Jenny here, you know, that, that's a big lion to experience. And, and we know some people get ill and, and they don't recover. And we still praise God for that. But sometimes we get ill and we, God speaks and we, we trust him. And he comes through and we see that answer. We conquer the lion. And, um, and so we know Father wants you on earth longer, John, because he's got more for you to do. And I'm sure Jenny's very glad and your children and grandchildren. And we're delighted as well. You know. But God, the lions sometimes are there. And... Uh, so when people are coming and saying, oh, please take all the lions away, maybe we need to say, no, actually, yeah, kill some lions, right? Get some authority in God. When, when stuff happens in our families, to learn to take authority for, the, for our kids, to take authority for our family, in your business, to take authority that it will thrive, to take authority uh, in these situations. And um, in prayer, very much is, is important because we then enter into life. So as a... Uh, we wrap up here. Lion country. It's where you belong. It's where we belong. You are, um, and God is so good in that. Samson had so many failings, so many failings. And you've probably seen other people who kind of seem to be getting into their lion country, but they, they messed up. In, in the end, Samson messes up a lot. But God still launched him out there. And the Bible's full of people like that full of people like you and me, people who mess up, but, but he still calls us on. He's so kind. So maybe we could sing that song again, band, the um, Your Love is Chasing After Me song. And we could, because we can make all kinds of plans for our life. That's how this song begins, Adam, if you can bring that first line up, you know. I made a plan for, for my life. You know that song we sang earlier on, Adam? Um, yeah, I all fell in love with this world, went my own way, trusting in me. There's something of Samson in that, but there's something in, of Samson that really went after it. And he was used of God to bring life, to, do, to bring the rescue that God determined. So I want you to be encouraged by that. I want to invite you to stand now, and I want to ask you to... You don't have to shut your eyes, but I want you to engage with God, because... You might have got discouraged out of your lion country. We can get worn down fighting with lions. That's why we need each other. That's why we need to come along on a Sunday and worship, because we need to reconnect. And Of course, you can worship on your own, but there's something about worshipping with others which is a hot spot of God's presence, and we need his presence to endure in lion country. Maybe God's been stirring you about an assignment and, and you've just been le leaving that stirring. You've not really been following it and God wants to stir that in you. 
but the next step is actually to go into the lion country. It's one thing to be stirred, but don't just wait for more stirring. Go into the lion country. Make that phone call, write that letter, send that email. There might be something you need to do to push out, to enter into that lion country. Something you've just vaguely thought of, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if that happened, but you've not done anything about it. God wants to stir that. See, his love is chasing after us. He's ever so kind. You, and maybe you're looking at your history and you've been disqualifying yourself. Well, it's wonderful, isn't it? God didn't disqualify Samson for all his faults. He kept using him. So, yeah, I don't recommend Samson's faults. I'm not encouraging you, though, Matt. But, so let's just embed ourselves in this song because it's out of who you are, treasured and trusted, that you can walk into lion country. Amen. Oh,